right. We are going to take a look at a, a, a story of a resurrection, but we're not going to look at the resurrection of Jesus. I know, I know. I, this is our first year at Story Church, and I feel like I may be doing something wrong our first Easter. But we've been looking the last several weeks in the Gospel of John at the various claims Jesus makes about himself. And we're going to look at one today that is fitting for Easter Sunday, where Jesus says he is the resurrection and the life. And so if you have a Bible, would you turn with me to John chapter 11? If you don't have a Bible, there should be a red one nearby you on the chairs. And if you are using the red Bible, this passage is on page 523. If you don't have a Bible at home or would you like a new one in, a, in an English language that you can understand, uh, take this one home. This is our gift to you. We want to make sure everyone's got access to God's word uh, every day of, of their lives. And so take this home if you don't have one. Well, like I said, the last several weeks we've been looking at these statements that Jesus makes about himself. And we've been saying all along that if... If you believe what Jesus says about himself is true, that that has the power to change your life. If you believe what Jesus says about himself is true, that will change your life. Because who Jesus says he is, is so wrapped up in what Jesus has done, that when you believe that it's true, what he has done for you changes your life. Let me, let me explain that. We've seen that Jesus says he is the light of the world, and that means that he has come to bring truth into the midst of a dark and chaotic and sinful world where we are blind. And so if you believe that Jesus is the light of the world, well, then his light shines in your heart. Or Jesus says, I am the bread of life. You know, we're, we're trying, we've got these hungers and thirsts for something that will satisfy us. But if we actually believe that Jesus is the bread of life, then he satisfies us. Who Jesus says he is and what he does for us are so connected. They're inseparable. And so when we look at this passage, I am the resurrection and the life, well, we have to think about the resurrection of Jesus because who he says he is and what he has done are inseparable. This morning, as we read this passage, as we reflect on this passage, we are going to see that because Jesus is the resurrection and the life, if you hope in him today, you will live forever. Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life, if you hope in him today, you will live forever. That's what Jesus is going to show us in John chapter 11. You'll see in the bulletin, I wrote down John 11, 1 through 44. That's a lot of verses. It's a big story. It almost takes up this entire chapter. And we're not going to look at the whole thing. But if you would take time later this week even to read the passage, it is wonderful. But we are going to focus in just in verses starting at 17. In the context of this story Jesus is north of Jerusalem because the authorities want to kill him. But he's heard that one of his friends, Lazarus, is sick. 
and it's not looking good for him. And he loves Lazarus and, and Lazarus's sisters, Martha and Mary. Perhaps you've heard stories about them before. Well, at, at, at this point in the story, Lazarus has died, and Jesus and his disciples have journeyed down to the village of Bethany, right outside of Jerusalem, to be with the family as they mourn. Let's pick up the story in verse 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Let us pray. God Almighty, you raised your son Jesus up from the grave, and you offer us new life in him through your spirit. This morning we pray that your spirit would illumine this word for us too that we would hope in Jesus and live forever in him. In his name we pray, amen. After this conversation, Martha goes and gets Mary. Mary comes out. Mary and Jesus have a similar conversation, but it ends with Mary and Jesus going to the tomb where Lazarus is and Everyone is wailing and crying and mourning. In fact, John tells us that Jesus wept. And then Jesus stands in front of the tomb and he cries out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he does. But then the story moves on. It focuses again on Jesus. And I find that interesting that someone who has been dead for four days is risen from the dead, and yet we don't even hear, well, what did he say? Did the people go up to him and ask him, what happened? Did, did you go to heaven? Did you come back? Tell us. John doesn't tell us any of that. John focuses on Jesus because, frankly, Lazarus is not the main character in this story. It's Jesus. Even in the midst of mourning and grief, Jesus seems to direct the conversation about himself. And he's not doing that because he's jealous for attention. He is the son of God. He doesn't need that. But I think he's pulling the attention onto him 
because he's trying to show us that in the midst of pain and suffering, in the midst of loss and grief, what we believe about Jesus in that moment is of great and significant importance. When, when the rubber meets the road, when, when, when it really matters, when things are falling apart, who we say Jesus is really matters. And that's what Jesus is doing here. Mary and Martha have lost their beloved brother. They are grieving and mourning. They are angry that he is gone. In fact, John says that Jesus himself is moved deeply in his core at death. And yet he pulls the attention on himself. When he approaches Martha, the first thing that he does, he offers counsel. He, he offers support. He says, you will see Lazarus again. He will rise. Jesus is offering her hope in the midst of her suffering. And, and she knows that. Martha's response is, yes, Jesus, I know that I will see him again in the last day, in the resurrection. She knows this intellectually. For, for Martha, she grew up in a, the Jewish religious context that taught her from an early age that, yes, there is death, and yes, it is painful, and it is awful. But on the last day, eventually, God will raise up everyone who has died. And yes, there will be a judgment. And this is what Martha is saying. Yes, I, I, I do have hope. One day, I will see my brother again. Jesus is inviting Martha to think about her hope in the midst of suffering. To think about where she has placed that hope. And, and I think that we need to focus on this word hope. Because too often today, I feel like we think about hope as if it were just a substitute word for desire or wish. We say things like, well, I hope I win the lottery. Or I hope I get that job. Or I, I hope it's a boy. I hope it's a girl. We use the word hope in place of desire. But hope is more than that. A desire is a longing for something, but a hope, a hope is something that we put assurance behind or, or, or certainty behind. To hope in something is to say, this thing or person has promised something, and, and if I hope in that or that person, then I'm saying that I trust it. I, I trust it to come through with its promise. I, I love the illustration of sitting down on a chair. We've, we've sort of collectively gained this hope that, that if I sit on a chair, it is going to hold me up. No one really is questioning whether or not 
the chair that you're currently sitting on is actually going to hold you up when you sit on. We, we, just, we expect it to. It's, it's proven itself reliable and faithful, and so we hope. That, that's what hope is. There's a certainty behind it. There's an assurance behind it. And Jesus is saying, where do you hope in the midst of your suffering? When, when, when things are falling apart, where do you hope? Where have you placed your hope? Maybe it is in a job or a, a relationship. If, if only I had this person in my life, well, my life would be better. Or if only I had this new career, this new larger paycheck, then my life would just be so much more comfortable and secure. What do you put your hope in? That's what Jesus brings up first. But he digs in deeper. Jesus' question drills down even further, beyond the simple, where do you have hope? And Martha's response, she says, yes, I know I'm going to see my brother again on the last day in the resurrection. Martha's hope, it's, it's real, but it's distant. It's, it's far off. It's sort of beyond the horizon. But Jesus is inviting her to radically change not what she hopes in, but when she hopes in. Jesus says, yes, that's true, but I, in front of you now, am the resurrection and the life. I, I am the one who will enable that future resurrection to happen, but I am here now. Do you believe me now that I, standing in front of you, am the resurrection. Jesus is asking Martha, and I think he's asking us, do we have a distant hope that's in the future some time so far away it's, it's barely even visible? Or do we have a present hope that changes how we live even today? Jesus is inviting Martha to see that the hope that she needs is standing right in front of her. It is a present hope, not a distant hope. Distant hopes are in the future, and they lie beyond our reach, but Jesus offers himself as a present hope. Here, now, in the present, even in front of you. When you think about your hopes, are they distant hopes, or are they present hopes that give you life now? Well, one way to reflect and think, am I putting my hope in something then, is to think back over this last year. I think last March and April, when the pandemic really began going in our country and all over the world, really, great fear fell upon many people. I think there was the initial fear of, of personal health and safety, but deeper fears, more traumatic fears began to set in as a result of future hopes going away. People began to lose jobs that they were planning for. People's income went away. 
loved ones began to get sick or the threat of getting sick set in. These future hopes began going away. And when that happens, the ground begins to shake and you have nothing to hold on to in the present. And I think that's why so much fear set in because our future hopes disappeared and we were left without anything. I, mean, I there was a there was a, a season where like I would wake up and just not know what my even day schedule was going to look like. Because it seemed like every day on the news something changed or something new closed or something else was canceled. My my calendar quickly went from months planned out to hours planned out. When our future hopes go away, fear sets in because we have nothing sturdy to hold on to. But Jesus is inviting us in himself to realize we don't have to wait for the hope of resurrection. It is standing right in front of us in Jesus. You know, Jesus says to Martha, do you believe this? I, I like to think when, when I have to get uh, and talk to my son about something important, I get down on my knee and I look him in the face and I say, look at me, eyes on me, look at me, and I talk to him because it's serious. I, I want him to pay attention to what I'm about to say because it's going to protect him or keep him safe. And I feel like Jesus is saying that to Martha. Martha, look at me. Look at me. Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that it's true? Because if we believe that that's true, it can change our lives. If we believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, no future hopes going away, no present fear setting in has any power over us anymore because he is the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that that is true? How do we know that we believe that that's true? Well, one way that we believe that chairs will hold us up is we sit in them. I don't know anyone that says, yeah, I believe, I mean, it'd be funny if someone said, yeah, I believe that chairs work, but I don't want to sit in it. And you wouldn't believe them. And it'd be foolish to think that that person really believed that chairs held them up if they never, ever sat in a chair. It's a crazy picture. But we demonstrate our belief that chairs hold us up when we sit in them. And so, when Jesus says, do you believe in me, the way that we demonstrate that is we rest in him. We, we come to him. We say, yes, like Martha, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God. You have come into the world to save us. So to believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life is to come into a relationship with him, to rest in in the arms of Jesus that will hold you up when everything else fails. 
To rest in the arms of Jesus is to come to him and confess our own need for him. To confess our, our weaknesses, our limitations, our, our sin. To say, I am not who you have made me to be. And I need you to change me, to save me. That is what it means to believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, to come to him and rest in his arms. If Christ, this is where it connects to Jesus and his resurrection. If Christ did not rise from the dead, then there's no point in coming to Jesus. But if you believe he is the resurrection and the life, if you believe that Jesus did rise from the dead, you can go to him and find life. Paul says that if Christ was not raised from the dead, then, then our preaching is in vain, it does nothing. Y your faith is futile and empty and you are still in your sins. But Jesus has risen from the dead. He has guaranteed the forgiveness of your sins, purchased by his own blood. He was raised to new life so that by faith in him, we can now live forever. Jesus is saying, come Today, now, believe in me. Have hope in me now. And if you do that, then you will live forever. Death is inevitable. For everyone in this room, for some, it will happen sooner than others. For some, it will happen more sudden than others. But death is inevitable. But so is this. This is also certain. That if you believe today, if you hope now in Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, what does Jesus say? Even if you die, you will live. And if you live and believe in me now, you will live forever. That is the hope that we offer to the world, that we celebrate today, that Jesus has risen from the dead, and by faith in him, although we may die, yet we will live forever with him. He offers to you today to come to him, to rest in him, to hope in him now, so that you can live with him forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this hope. We thank you that you raised your son, Jesus, from the dead, guaranteeing for us our own salvation and life eternal. We thank you that you accepted his sacrifice for our sin, that you brought him back to new life and give us new life too. We pray, Lord, that we would be a people of the resurrection so that we can offer that hope to those around us, 
so that we can offer life to those around us in your son, Jesus. We pray this all in his name. Amen.